This is the Orange Podcast, conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. Back in the saddle after too long a break, you've tuned in to the Orange Podcast. As we lift the lid on stories behind the headlines at Orange City Council, this is Alan Reader. This week, we find out more about the project that Orange City Council has decided to contribute $18.5 million towards, its biggest ever single contribution to a project in Orange. And on the eve of NADOC week, the annual celebration comes at a time of sadness and uncertainty in the Indigenous community. It will be a time of reflection. There will be people um, a bit disillusioned. Um, there will be times of people really questioning, really questioning who they are as First Nation people here and where they sit and where they, whether they belong. More from Orange's Deputy Mayor, Gerald Power, later in the program. But first up today... It's no secret that the Orange Regional Conservatorium is bursting at the seams. With more than 1,400 enrolments, and with students aged from toddlers through to 80+, the Conservatorium has been more than ready for a new home for many years. There's been many milestones and many councils who've played a part in bringing together plans to create a new building. But this week, all that work came together when the council appointed a construction company, Renaissance, and found the money to meet a shortfall in the grant funding so that work could begin. The budget for the $33.5 million project is shared between the Australian Government's Community Development Grants Program, $10 million, the New South Wales Government's Creative Capital Funding Program, $5 million, and Orange City Council, up to $18.5 million. The Chair of the Conservatorium and Planetarium Community Committee is Councillor Kevin Duffy. As an as an individual uh, project within the middle of the city, yes, it is. It's a, it's an absolutely fantastic. It's a great combination of the conservatorium people, the planetarium committees, and the council working together with the state and federal government to um, come up with the funding and uh, to to produce this final product, which is, as we've heard, is going to be a massive uh, investment for Orange. You're the chair of the council's finance committee. Uh, sometimes we hear about measures of how well how good shape the council is in. Now that we've got a call on borrowings, does that put us in a good place to, to do things like this? Yes, we're, we're in a very good position. Our, our debt service ratio is, is, is still extremely very very low. We have 135 to $14 million in un, unrestricted reserves and, and that, that puts us in good stead. But also council staff, I have a lot of faith in the council staff, especially the finance committee, to to organise how to borrow funds from internally with the, with the government's assistance and or the federal, local state government's assistance and uh, external borrowings as well, but um, it's, it was to be expected that the cost of the, uh, the project would blow out, and simply because over the last couple of years we've seen the material just uh, costs and the energy costs of fuel and those type of things just go through the roof. It's up forty to fifty percent. The current conservatorium sites right on the in the middle of town. Do you think, expect some strong interest when it comes to selling that? Well, I, I think it's. I think to, first of all, I think the staff have probably been a little bit. Um, undercutting the price of it but I mean but that's better to have that so we really know what we're we're dealing with and I expect that to be a, 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 we need to pick up probably two or three million dollars for that and I think it's absolutely fantastic it will happen and uh, and it's going to go straight towards this project as will other um, property that will be sold. 
Pam Ryan is the chair of the Conservatorium's own management committee. She's still excited, despite the length of the journey so far. It's certain, yes, it's been a long journey, but it's been a, a fruitful journey. The relationship's been great along the way. So, and we understand as a, an organisation that these things don't just happen and we, we might want something you know, in a particular time frame, but there are a whole lot of processes to go through, so that's understandable. But it is a great relief to know, and particularly for our community, um, so they have that certainty, certainty that we can now you know, proceed with the next phase of our fundraising and really fit this out to, to be the kind of facility that we know it, it can be. So it's, it's kind of the shell, but then how do we make the shell live and breathe will be up to us. Also at this stage of the process, you know what the shell is. You know how, how many seats in the shell and how many studio and teaching rooms. Does that give the place, of the, the community around the conservatorium, a boost to know the reality of what's going to happen? It's really helpful to know exactly what the place will look like and, and be, and then we have to add the feel like. But it certainly means, in terms of our strategic planning, how we plan to move into this, what sort of needs we'll have, uh, uh, you know, how many pianos we'll need to buy to fit into how many studios, that, that kind of nitty-gritty of things. We know all of that. Uh, so it certainly helps with our operational planning plus our strategic planning about how we can take the, the organisation, what different structure we're going to need, staffing-wise, for example. We'll have a different facility that operates differently. So all those decisions we can make now in the certainty of this is the building, this is what it will be, um, you know, we, we can proceed. The cons director, Donna Riles, believes the new building in Orange will set a new standard when it comes to conservatorium buildings in regional areas. Um, here we are on this amazing green space that's going to be filled with an amazing um, recital hall and studios, 40-odd studios and rehearsal rooms, um, not seen in regional Australia. This sort of development um, hasn't been seen. So we're, we're just delighted that our community understand what we've got ahead, this beautiful new building, and our responsibility to fit it out with the highest quality gear so that students, emerging students who are coming through, school students who come for workshops, um, visiting artists who bring masterclasses, um, community groups that play their ukuleles have got the, the best quality seats and music stands and, and acoustic facilities to be able to continue running these um, wonderful music programs, community music programs. Community fundraising is always a tough uh, target to, to achieve. Mm. Once people see construction fences and things coming out of the ground, that's going to catch their attention. I really believe so. Um, we've been waiting a long time for action to happen on this site and we're still looking forward to being able to turn that first sod, which we understand will happen shortly. Uh, but look, um, already uh, uh, so many people have given in terms of becoming benefactors, founding benefactors um, and individual mum and dad donors um, who are just committed uh, to seeing this piece of infrastructure, this really important piece of in cultural infrastructure, um, be equipped to the highest quality standards. So I'm sure um, we'll be able to um, hear from um, families who just want to have that opportunity, have the, perhaps their name on a wall um, in in um, in memory or or in celebration of the of the new facility. Um, and those those sorts of families will be happy to contribute. I'm sure to the the new build. In your current building, you're almost bursting at the seams. Oh, we are, Alan. How, do you, how, how will you manage, I'm not sure how long it takes to build this new thing, 12, 18 months, how do you manage that, those waiting lists and bursting when you've got this huge new thing about to happen? 
very carefully. <laughs> we're, we're really thinking of creative ways to be able to uh, um, cover those wait lists of a uh, hundred students who are eagerly waiting for uh, a lesson um, on a musical instrument or on their voice. Um, we want to be able to run lessons throughout the days. We're open to, you know, we run programs within schools throughout the days. We run adult um, ensembles and, and classes throughout the day. So we, we are thinking creatively about using our current space um, and um, opening it up on weekends to be able to make sure teaching can, can still happen. Um, ensembles can still be operating on Saturdays and even Sundays if we have to. Donna Riles. Contract details are now being sorted with a start date expected to be announced in the coming months. In most parts of Australia, NADOC Week, the annual celebration of Australia's Indigenous culture, happens each year in July. But if you live in Orange, you know spending time outdoors in the depth of winter just isn't going to work. And that's why Orange's NADOC is in November, and celebrations are about to begin. You're listening to the Orange Podcast. Uh, for a range of mostly climate reasons, Orange has NADOC week in a different time to most parts of Australia, but it's coming up, and we're to find out some more of the chair of the NADOC committee, Councillor Gerald Powers, joined us. Gerald, thanks for coming along. Oh, you're more than welcome, Alan. Why is the NADOC week important as an annual celebration of Indigenous culture? Yeah, the NADOC week is a, a great opportunity to celebrate culture, to share our culture. It's part of that platform um, where we get schools together, the elders, um, you know, are respectful and and providing events that we bring our First Nation people together and the whole community actually um, come together to celebrate schools. Um, yeah, it's all part and parcel of bringing uh, the community together to share our First Nation story and our, our and our culture. Let's talk at some of the program on Monday of a street march. Yeah, Monday's always a big one here in Orange, and we're all excited. Um, we've got every school in town here and a couple from around the surrounding exactly coming in so looking at about 3,000 people plus uh, coming down we'll march from Kite uh, Sale Street down into um, Robinson Park and um, we'll have a few formal stuff but really exciting to see all of those communities the schools the elders will be leading the march this year so it's really nice As marches go it's a very positive event there's lots of smiling faces it's not a not an angry thing at all No it's a very positive thing and um, when you see the children and you see the community coming together that what really creates a community in relation to uh, the NADOC celebration. So having that platform is, is, is quite special. Also on the program this week, an exhibition at the Orange Regional Museum. Yeah, so that'll be starting tomorrow. Um, so a bit of arts and craft and showcasing of some of the artefacts. Um, I actually had a chance to drop some of my stuff down there this morning. And yeah, so it's really good to see uh, that on display. So we're encouraging the community. Uh, just go along and see uh, see artefacts that um, if without, without us even carbon dating that could be thousands of years old um, so some of my grindstone put it put down there and some of the actual sharpening uh, head axes it's just really beautiful. The theme of this year's NADOC is for the elders I suppose a, a display at a museum is all about the way things used to be. Yes that's right and for the elders is what you said uh, Alan it's about showcasing that but also about sharing some of their um, some of their life stories 
and respecting our elders as, as we as we um, uh, go into the celebration of 2023. The week winds up on a Saturday night thing at the Egg Services Club, the NADOC Community Awards Night. I've never been to one. What happens? Well, it's just an amazing evening and we usually average around 300 plus people come together um, on that night there um, during the process coming up to it within the, the six months leading up to it we applications in relation to uh, sporting uh, sporting uh, achievements uh, um, including um, employment achievements uh, the black and deadly <laughs> is there so we've got the black and deadly we've got the the elder of the year so we've got so many aspects of what our community um, uh, have an opportunity to um, to vote towards um, so all those applications go in and then they independent panel uh, uh, has them so but that night is filled with uh, a lot of laughter we've got live band uh, we've got a, um, a photo wall so uh, people but at the end of the day we spend all year planning for this yeah. that there's what I've always called the jewel in the crown of Nadal for Orange because it part and parcel where we as a community celebrate everybody we celebrate the achievements we celebrate each other um, and especially being at the end of the year <laughs> um, it's just part and parcel of us going into Christmas people don't do all those sorts of community jobs for awards but when they get one it, it, it's a pat on the back isn't it it really is a pat on the back and um, there's corporate bodies out there I remember one of the um, one of the uh, workers from Bunnings, um, one of employment of the employee of the year. It's just one of those amazing things and NGOs and um, and it doesn't have to be an Aboriginal NGO. It's on um, uh, Housing Plus, Mission Australia. Um, we got uh, be, um, Live Better. All of these applications are put in there in relation to um, coming and then the judge actually votes on them. So yeah, it's really amazing night. The whole week's, a, a, like you said, a, a celebration of Indigenous culture. We're having this concert, this conversation, um, and NADOC week will be happening in Orange a week or two after the referendum result. That's got to affect things. What What, what are you expecting? Um, I'm expecting, um, and I know there has been a, a declared a week of silence. Um, it, it will be a time of reflection. There will be people um, a bit disillusioned. Um, there will be times of people really questioning, really questioning who they are as First Nation people here and where they sit and where they, whether they belong. Um, but my words to them of encouragement, this is one step. Um, we've always, we've always been resilient. We've always, um, uh, being consistent in what we want to do. So uh, just because we, we, we've we had um, um, this event happening and now going into a time where we can celebrate our elders is about time of reflection, but let's just move forward one step at a time um, and, and bring our community together in reconciliation. As you said, if people are feeling sad, why not get together and feel sad together? I mean, you know, that, that's got to help. It, it is, actually. And if you notice, um, our community really don't go to events outside their home. So they usually sit at the back of the house, you know, have cups of tea and just get around and yarn up. So I'm, I'm more than aware that a lot of our community around Orange and surrounding districts are actually just doing that. Um, and just just um, at this point in time, reflecting on that day, uh, the 14th of October, 2023. But there's a future ahead of us. Uh, the sun will come up again tomorrow. Yeah. And we need to just continue to to move forward as a nation, as the First Nation people, and as a nation too. 
Mm. And an opportunity alongside that reflection to, to celebrate in NADOC Week. It, it is. And that's where, I suppose, in my interviews, uh, I said, you know, we've, we've just come through a, a, a difficult period of time, that one day. Um, but now we've got one, one, a whole eight days of celebration where we can celebrate our culture with our community here in Orange. And that's what we will, we will do. And we're, we're really excited about this one. Have a great NADOC, Gerald. Thank you very much, Alan. Thanks Appreciate for joining it. us. Thank you. And that's the Orange Podcast for this week. Remember, you can leave a review of this program wherever you get your podcasts. That can help someone else find this show. And it's always good to hear direct feedback from people listening from all over the planet. You can email us at podcast at orange.nsw.gov.au. That's podcast at orange.nsw.gov.au. The Orange Podcast is produced on Wiradjuri Country. Until next time, this is Alan Reader. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.